Hey everyone, welcome to the second ever and officially emergency episode of Five Twins Thoughts with Derek Wetmore, who's out in Fort Myers, Florida right now, sitting in the Hammond Stadium press box. I'm Phil Mackey, and this is Rami Makhlov. Hi there. You can hear on uh, Mackey and Judd with Rami and also Touch Em All, and uh, all of these twin shows in the same feed. If you're just if you're just sort of plucking these out of Twitter or on scorenorth.com, you can subscribe to the Scornorth Twins feed, and you can get access to Touch Em All, to Five Thoughts, and we have another really cool announcement for a new twin show coming up very shortly, but Derek... Let's throw it to you in Fort Myers. A huge news day for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, two contract extensions for guys under team control. Uh, start us off with, is it thought one or thought five? Are we counting down or counting up today? Uh, we can decide that later. These are logistical details that just don't matter on a big news day. <laughs> <laughs> thought four. <laughs> Jump around. Yeah, let's start at three, go one, four, two, five. Oh, man. All right, All right you guys are throwing me off. I wasn't ready for that curveball. They always say that the pitchers are a couple days ahead of the hitters, and you just proved it. Uh, thought number one for me is Jorge Polanco. He was the first extension that I saw rolled out there on Twitter. It was uh, ESPN's Jesse Sanchez had something on it first that it was close. Then ESPN's Jeff Passan came over the top, uh, spiked that volleyball with the term. Five years, $25.75 million is what we've heard. Um, now there's a there's a, expected to be a press conference tomorrow to make these things official, but my hunch is, guys, it's going to be Jorge Polanco and then the other guy we'll talk about, Max Kepler, obviously. Um, but they have not uh, said anything on these yet, so they're not official official, but ink is drying as we speak, and Passon says it's 5 and 25.75 for Polanco with two option years on the back end of that. So my first thought on this is they basically just gave him the Jose Ramirez contract that the Indians gave the guy before he became uh, an MVP candidate. So it's interesting anyways that they're looking across at their division rivals and saying, Hey, Jorge, would you do something like that? Yeah, okay, sounds good for us. But it sounds like a good deal to me, Derek. When you look at the the money and the years and, and his age and production, it, it looks like it looks like you got kind of a bargain in Jorge Polanco. How about this, though? Last year around this time getting popped for PEDs and less than a year later basically signing a, well, I'll call it lucrative contract extension. Um, but from a Twins perspective, I do think this has the real potential to become a good deal um, if if Polanco's garbage and he can't play, well, okay, you're only out, you know, 25 million in the grand scheme of things. Big whoop. But if he does turn into that sort of star or even just an above-average regular, I think this is a pretty good deal from the team perspective. Um, I, I guess it's just it's fascinating to me that less than a year ago he was uh, starting serving his suspension for. For steroids, and he sat out 80 games, and then came back and proved he was a good hitter. So I'm not, I'm not anti this deal. In fact, I'm fine with it. Like, like you said, what's the worst case scenario? You, you're wrong, and you lose 25 million dollars or whatever it is In, over five years. So like five mil per. Right. It's, so it's fine. So worst case scenario, it doesn't. It certainly doesn't cripple your franchise. I might want to learn a little bit more about non-PED Jorge Polanco before I commit to. And I, 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 the weird thing is we don't even really know what position he plays long-term. I know they're trying to make him a shortstop, and he's been a shortstop. Will he be a shortstop long-term? Of course, if he shifts to second base, you're not overpaying him uh, $25 million over five years. So it is interesting if you extrapolate his 77 games after the suspension last year. Uh, so, he, so he hit 288. 
got on base with a 345 clip, slugged over 425. Those are all very good numbers for a middle infielder. Uh, six home runs, 42 RBIs. If you double those numbers, if you take 77 games, double them to a full season, okay, 12 to 15 home runs. He drives in 80-85. He hits just under 290, gets on base at a high clip, and he plays middle infield. So that's is, – is, is he Jose Altuve? No. no. Is he Manny Machado? No, but – you could do a lot worse than Jorge Polanco playing shortstop or second base for you. Yeah, I love the deal. I, I have no problems with that deal whatsoever. What's your second thought, Derek? Second thought, we'll move on to Max Kepler because uh, I don't think we want to spend too much time looking at what this means, uh, the Polanco deal, what it means for his uh, potential future teammates. I mean, what does this do to Nick Gordon? Because Polanco's a second baseman, let's be honest about it. What does this do to yeah Nick Gordon, Royce Lewis, on and on down that list of uh, interesting Middle infield prospects for the Twins. Thought number two is Max Kepler's deal. It's richer. Five years and $35 million. Uh, There's an option year at the end of that one, too. So basically the Twins came in and said, all right, here are two guys that are part of our core. Let's prove it into the 20, what is it, 22-23 season. As uh, they've said it at Twins Fest, they consider those raises in ink, not in pencil, uh, Thad Levine said that to a group of Twins fans at Twins Fest just in late January, a couple weeks ago, and uh, it proved to be right. He wasn't just blowing smoke. They have those in ink, and now they're officially in ink. Uh, the the Max Kepler, there are a couple of interesting comps, but the one that stood out to me was the Braves outfielder. Uh, Ender Enciarte signed a similar deal. It was like 5-30, and 30, and then the Phillies got Odebel uh, Herrera, or something similar to that. I think it was 5-30. and 30. I'd have to check my notes. But they're basically looking around the league and saying, okay, what are young players signing for before they get their big arbitration raises? Hey, Max, does this look okay to you? Hey, Jorge, does this look okay to you? And when they see that they're close, then it, that's when you're able to close in on deals like this. So th- this will be the final thought that I participate in because mm-hmm. I, uh, I have to move into uh, a meeting portion of my day here before the Mackie and Judd, world-renowned Mackie and Judd with Rami show. So I will just I will drop my mic by saying I like the Max Kepler deal better than I like the Jorge Polanco deal. And some fans might look at this and say, why would you reward a three-year underachieving young player? I was just about to ask that question. Yeah, yeah who batted yeah. just 224 last season and and has not had the breakout that people thought. And I love it for these two reasons. Number one, he's a wonderful defensive corner outfielder. So you're a lot of his value is yes, he's underachieved at the plate, but a lot of his value is this guy has great range and a great arm for a corner outfielder, and so he's he brings more value than some of the offensive numbers would suggest. But reason number two I like it is because you're buying low on a guy who could be your best hitter if he blossoms to what he should be and to what he's been in the minor leagues and what projections showed him to be. A lot of people think he can hit 30 home runs a season, that he can hit for averages closer to 300, um, and that he could be one of your best overall players. And if you're only paying $35 million a year over a half decade to a guy who could wind up being one of your best players, and the worst-case scenario is you're wrong and you just lose $30 million. I like the low downside, high upside of this contract. But wouldn't you like to see him get closer to that full potential than yep. what he has before you give him $7 million a year for the next five years? That's why it's a gamble. But he could be a $15 million player if he, even as soon as 2019 in terms of what his numbers could be. And now all of a sudden, you've got Max Kepler on the cheap and and you're going into some of his free agent years. Derek, so I get what you're yeah. saying, but I, I think it's a I think it's a good gamble. Are you well, that optimistic, Derek? Well, Phil, 
I will let you drop your mic and get off to your meetings, and then I'll rip you behind your back. <laughs> I'll listen back later. That's fine. <laughs> Hurry up and get out of here. I want to hear this. Download this epic podcast, and Phil, make sure you give it five stars on All iTunes. Right. He just unplugged his headphones. Go ahead. Ooh, what do you want to say about goodness. Phil? And Finally. you don't have to keep it to baseball. Like anything bad you have to say about <laughs> Phil, go right ahead. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I just think, boy, that's being awfully bullish on a guy who's had three, I would call them underwhelming seasons in a twins uniform i think max kepler's a good player rami i told you this very early on in our touch them all relationship and mm-hmm. now carrying over into our five thoughts relationship it sounds weird when you say touch them all relationship no i'm good with it okay i, th- I thought that one through all i'm right. gonna stick with it mm-hmm. five it is thoughts. valentine's day yeah <laughs> just in the spirit <laughs> in the spirit um look max kepler has a lot of promising things he hits the ball hard that smooth lefty swing, it looks good. He does play a good corner outfield. I don't think he's a gold glover. But I've said in the past that I thought Kepler would be a multiple-time all-star, and that is a take that today I'm not feeling very confident about. I, I Like I said that a couple of years ago. And after his 2018 season, I just kind of shrugged and said, well, you know, you're entitled to be wrong every once in a while. He, he just hasn't taken that big step forward that I think a lot of people have been expecting around here. I guess the counterpoint is, Clearly, they think it's coming. That's why they want to lock this in now instead of waiting to see it for a year. I personally probably just would have waited a year just to see. But if you trust the underneath-the-hood numbers, Max Kepler's arrow is pointed up and not down. Um, I'm just not quite as optimistic as Phil when he says that he could be the Twins' best hitter. I don't think he's. I don't think he's that. I think that's a stretch. I think the potential is there for that. I just don't know that I'm ready to invest in that well, potential at that price just yet. I guess it depends positionally. If if you're talking about best hitter overall, even that's a stretch to me. Like, I think things would have to go poorly for uh, Miguel Sano or for Nelson Cruz or Jonathan Scope. I think I just named three guys that I could see having a higher weighted on base average than Kepler this year. And let's not forget, too, Rami, they've got guys coming down the pike that are supposed to be pretty darn good hitters, uh, whether it's you sure. know Brent Rooker, who could be here soon, Alex Kirilov. You're starting to look at when he might get to the big leagues. They're just There are a number of bats in the system that if you're looking even at the 2000, let's say, 21 twin season, oh, and by the way, go sign Mookie Betts or uh, or even Bryce Harper's still out there. So those think guys he'll still be, be a free agent in 2021? I'm not sure about that. He could do the one-year deal thing and just keep re-upping. I don't know. But I, I just look at it and I say, like, it's pretty unlikely that on a World Series winning twins team, Max Kepler is the best hitter. It's, Are- it's possible. Non-zero chance. But I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't put all my chips on that. All right. Thought number three, Derek Wetmore. Thought number three. I guess it's – let me ask you. Okay. Do you think that this means they sign these two guys, they show a commitment, they put their money where their mouth is, that we are investing in this team? Do you think this means they should go to the free agent market? Now there are a lot of names still out there and try to make the 2019 team better. I mean, I thought that they should have been going into the free agent market before this happened, Derek. And and I'm not a guy who's always screaming, spend, spend, spend. I pay to watch you play baseball, and, and you should use my dollars to, to go out and buy players every year. I, I'm not that guy, but I just think that the way that the market over the last two seasons has come back to franchises like the Twins and markets like the Twin Cities – I don't know how long this will last, Eric. It looks like this is the trend, but mm. markets boom and markets bust, and the money is going to start going back up for Major League Baseball free agents eventually at some point. So 
to me, and like I said, that's before these deals were made today, when you have guys like Craig Kimbrell out there on the market and the price obviously dropping as as they stay out there on the market longer. Even guys like Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, I would at least kick the tires and inquire with their agents about, hey, would would you consider playing in in, in Minnesota at at this price? It, it it never hurts to ask. I know that that guys like Machado and Harper are sort of pie in the sky thoughts, but it never hurts to ask. And I think guys like Craig Kimbrell are are very realistic if they're willing to live in Minnesota. Um, and and I don't see why you wouldn't try to make your team better and make a playoff push here in 2019. And and so this this doesn't change my thinking at all, Derek. I was already there before they signed Kepler and and, sure. uh, and Rosales to the extensions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kepler and Polanco. Polanco. Um, I'm sorry. It's all good. I was talking to somebody not with the Twins earlier, but that said, didn't think there was that big a gap between them and the Indians. I just can't buy that. 2019, I think the Indians look like a way better club right now. Um, If you believe some of the projection sites out there, it might be, you know, 10, 15 or more wins that the Indians are currently better. So if you're trying to win in 2019, I think you have no choice but to go out to that market. Um, Now that some of the big trade names have fallen, and you're left with two spectacular young free agents out there who could be a star for your team for years to come. I don't know that it's those guys necessarily. I'm just saying that if your goal is to win in 2019, I don't think you're ready to do it. These extensions change nothing to that end from my perspective. Um, and the other thing, too, that I think we should note is that, like, the Twins didn't wake up today and decide to do these extensions. Right. Yeah. You know, they they reached out last winter. They tried to get something like this done with a number of different players. Didn't materialize. That's fine. Fast forward a winter. Uh, you know, Rosario served his suspension. Kepler's put in another sort of, I, I don't want to say disappointing, but uh, not a huge star caliber year in 2018. Phil's not here anymore. You can say disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Train wreck season uh, for, a, for a bust of a prospect. No, I think that uh, I'm just saying that it's not like this today, Thursday, changes their mentality of how they're building this thing over the long term. They, they knew they wanted to get these things done, so now does having them unofficially official, does that actually change the course of their offseason? I don't know that this really materially changes anything i think they kind of thought this would be possible um so i i just my uh, my grand point in all this rami with thought number three being does this mean they should go and get aggressive you and i are in the same camp if you want to win now yes you have to go do something but i don't think that this changes the course of their winter. I think the Twins knew this was coming. I'm not even saying, before we move on to thought number four, Derek, that they should do it necessarily to win now. I think they have, they've they've closed some of the gap on the Indians. They haven't caught them, but I also don't think it's the 10 to 15 games that, that you referenced some of those projections say. But when I, when I say go out and get a Craig Kimbrell or, or somebody along those lines— I'm not just thinking about 2019. I just I know that you don't acquire all the pieces to a contending team in one off season. So even if this isn't the year where you do contend after you go out and hypothetically spend money on a Craig Kimbrell, 
but he's a guy who you're going to sign to a three, four, maybe five-year deal, and he's he can be a part of what you hope is a dominant bullpen in in a year or two from now when when you are ready to contend for something. You're not gonna you're not gonna build a, a championship contending baseball team with moves in one offseason. So add some pieces now and see how this season goes, and then see what pieces you need to add next year to make to take that next step. Sure, fair enough. Thought number four. Are you ready for it? Yes, sir. Are these deals the new market inefficiency? Is this the next Moneyball? Yes. You think so? I do. I really do. I just look at 15 years ago, they talked about on-base percentage, and we paid too much attention to batting average, but Moneyball wasn't about on-base percentage. Moneyball, at its core, the, the book by Michael Lewis, obviously, you know, cataloging what the Oakland A's were trying to do to build a team based on market inefficiencies, was, was what are other people not properly valuing what can we get at a discount we know this is worth it and other teams don't yet now every team knows that on base percentage is worthwhile every team knows what weighted on base average is and you can say well this guy doesn't get on base a lot but he hits for power and he makes up for it okay great that's not a market inefficiency you'd all price that the same then i think for a number of years it was defense maybe it was bullpenning or maybe it still is bullpenning but i've just wondered when you see a guy like uh, Aaron Nola locked up in, for the Phillies, a guy who could win the NL Cy Young this year if things break right for them, uh, you see the Jose Ramirez contract. You see things like that. Okay, well, now you've got MVP caliber players on a long-term deal, and Jose Ramirez, I think he made like $2.5 bucks last year for a season in which he could have or was at least knocking on the door, if not for Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, and the like. He would have been an MVP candidate legitimately mm-hmm. so i don't know i'm i'm kind of talking in circles here because it sounds like we agree that if you can lock up somebody like this and they can provide a ton of surplus value in, in terms of wins and uh and innings whatever the metric is that you're using to measure this player's success and then you lock in what the price is going to be yeah i mean that can be nothing but good for your team uh limit the downside like we talked about in thought one but put some potential huge huge upside for major league teams down the road in four or five years. And I think it's especially crucial and and smart for franchises in markets like the Twins to lock up their their young, what they hope will be future superstars at a young age and at a cheaper price because, as we're seeing now, they're more times than not going to get in on the Harpers and the Machados of the world. So it's that much more imperative that you develop your own talent and keep it here as long as you can possibly keep it. So if you can buy a guy's arbitration years and a few years beyond, I think that greatly helps a franchise like the Twins as long as those guys – meet expectations and turn into the players that well, that you think they will be when you do pay them. That's right. Let me let me ask you like what happens if one of these goes south? What if this doesn't work? Like what if Polanco's the second baseman and he's okay defense but last year was a mirage and if Phil's got it in his head that steroids made this guy, I think that couldn't be further from the truth. I think he's a good hitter and uh, the steroids was a blip on the radar mistake on his part. We we've thought about that in the past so i don't mind bashing him behind his back on that one um plus he downloaded the podcast to listen back later he already told me so (laughs) (laughs) so so, and phil we appreciate that five-star review thing um but i just i think uh i think it will work out for the twins but let me ask you like devil's advocate Mm -hmm. if it doesn't 
does it put them in a weird spot that you've got a guy in a long-term contract? Like sort of uh, who's the guy in Texas um, that I'm blanking on right now? I'm just totally drunk. Uh, Ellis Andrews. Who you're okay. Just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, player. Fine. We can send him to a huge deal and – uh, maybe you'd take that one back if you could. What, like, what is the worst thing that could happen, right? Because I think you could still absorb that salary. Yeah, and, that's what and I was just going to say. These aren't back-breaking salaries that we're talking about here. He's a the bench guy. The deal, the deal that that the the Rays gave to Evan Longoria to buy out his arbitration years. That's a deal that if he didn't live up to expectations, can not single-handedly, but can play a, a big part in sinking a franchise. When you're looking at the money that, that those two guys got today, I, 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 it's not, like I said, it's not back-breaking money if, if they don't meet expectations. It's something sure. that you can rebound from relatively easily. Well, I just ask because if we're talking about market inefficiency, then every team is going to go and try to sign their guys who are in their second year of arbitration or in their uh, their second year of team control. So they've still got all of arbitration coming up, which can get expensive, but not like buying a free agent and you're generally dealing with younger players. But I, I, I guess I'd caution against a team going out and saying like, okay, 26 and under who wants a contract? I think you still have to get, I think you have to get it right more than you're wrong. You get a contract. You get a contract. <laughs> Where's Oprah Winfrey when we need her? Your fifth and final thought, Derek Wetmore. My fifth and final thought for you, Rami Makloff and our, our wonderful touch them all listeners, which today includes our boss, Phil Mackey, mm-hmm. um, is do you think they're done? Do you, are are there other names on the Twins, you know, projected twenty five man roster that you would try to get done for a contract extension? I do have a couple suggestions, but are there any that jump off to you as you're in your first winter, first spring training of covering and following the Twins? Are there people that you're thinking, well, okay, Polanco makes sense, Kepler makes sense, but boy, I thought we would have heard news on this guy. The obvious names that pop into my head are Buxton and Sano. And if 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 you're Thad Levine and and Derek Falvey, and if if you still believe after last season that those guys are are going to reach their full potential and 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 reach those ceilings, then I would contact their agents and try to buy low right now. I'm I'm not. I'm not there with them to evaluate these guys. I'm not at spring training. I'm not watching what, what Buxton and Sano are doing in the offseason. All reports are coming back positive in terms of their offseason regimen. So uh, with with knowing what I know um, about their talent and, and seemingly turning a corner this offseason in terms of their preparation and maturing, uh, I, I would contact those two guys' agents and see if if we can buy low on them because both of those guys have superstar potential and if you can get them at a cut rate price buy out their arbitration and keep them for a few years beyond that i mean that goes a long way for a franchise if you have two guys with all-star talent who you're you're you you bought low on and and you're you're paying a relatively low price for mm-hmm. that opens up payroll for a lot of other things that you can do down the line when it's time to strike in free agency i know that those are the obvious names but to me that's just the the smartest sure. route to go if you're the brain trust of the twins and you still have faith in those guys reaching their potential right that's yeah and that's a big maybe maybe you just give out three of the jorge polanco contract and you hope to go two for three right, <laughs> right? yeah i mean and say like okay well sanel's gonna figure it out and mash some home runs and get on base at a 375 and he'll play adequate defense at third until he has to move off the position but Buxton doesn't figure it out. Well, okay, then you've got three guys on uh, average of $5 million per, and you're getting huge value 
from two of them. Again, it goes back to the can you be right more often than you're wrong on this type of contract. And I'll also reiterate what I said on the last time you guys asked me, would you do this for other players? Would you, who, who would you extend right now? And you asked me about Byron and Miguel, and I said, if I'm those two players or if I'm their representatives, I'm not ready to do a deal like this. If if I'm Miguel Sano, I want to go hit 35 home runs and tell you to pay me bigger bucks. Right. I'm Byron Buxton. I want to go win another gold glove and say, all right, I'm not that uh, contact-troubled, injury-prone center fielder. I'm your stud. Now pay me that way. I, I would just be of that frame of mind if I was one of those players. Yeah, I don't know if I'm their agents if I if sure, I take sure. the offer, but you're asking me from the standpoint oh, of yeah. the team and who I would try to sign up. Miguel Sano, 5-35. and 35. Yep. Would you do it? Yeah. Buxton, 5-30. and 30, uh, Mutual option for a sixth. If I, are you asking me as you're the, the twins um, on the twins? Yeah, yep. I'd do both of those. Sure, yeah, yeah I would absolutely I do both of those. I, is, are you of the mindset like me that it's like thirty million sounds like a lot of money to you and I who make our primary living off of uh, radio? Oh no, I make more than that, Derek. Yeah. I don't know what they pay <laughs> yeah. you around here. Well, is, do the stand-up comedy bars they give you at least a free beer? <laughs> I get a, I get a drink ticket nice. every day I show up here. Nice, awesome. Need to see your ID, sir. Uh, I, I just like thirty million dollars is a lot of money to me, but it wouldn't be enough to make me blink if I was a baseball club paying it over six years, knowing all of this money that's just flooding into the coffers that I can't possibly spend fast enough. Those so. are Derek Wetmore's five thoughts. And anything you wanted to add here before we wrap things up, Derek? Just quickly, a couple other guys I'd look at. I'd look at uh, the young pitcher. Give J.O. Brios an opportunity to say yes to something like this. Tell, make Eddie Rosario tell you no. Um, I believe that those guys have been approached in the past. Um, not sure if it's going to happen necessarily this spring training, but I would, I would probably make those guys tell me no. Um, they always could say no. I mean, the Indians offered Francisco Lindor uh, reportedly hundred plus million dollars last winter, and he said no thanks. So sometimes superstars know their worth. I don't think either one of those guys is quite in that conversation. But it, not everyone's just going to take a deal that sort of underpays their arbitration and free agency years. The the other two guys that I'd maybe look at if I was the Twins would be getting some more control or at least cost certainty over a reliever like Taylor Rogers. I think he's a stud, and I think uh, he's going to get paid someday. And then Kyle Gibson going into his last year here. He seems to me like a prime contract extension candidate. However, I don't know if the Twins are going to approach him about that or just let him go into his walk here and then into free agency. Those are just some of the names that I put together that might be worth a conversation right now or in the very near future. That's Derek Wetmore and his five thoughts. Find all his musings on the Twins at scorenorth.com. You'll also find this show and all our Twins programming at scorenorth.com or wherever you download your favorite podcast. Just search Score North Twins and we have a very cool, very big announcement about our Twins lineup coming yes. up very soon. Derek, thank you, man. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Rami, and to the listeners, make sure you're like Phil Mackey. Find this on iTunes and give us five stars. And then do it again. Just keep on doing it. <laughs> make another account. Thanks, Another Derek. Apple account. See you, Rami. See you, man.